what do you say, one hour and ten seconds? Two ten seconds. Yeah. Mm. Sexy sax. No, this is this is. Uh, All right, still drums. Still drums. Yes. <laughs> There was sexy sex. There was sexy, sexy sex. sex a little yes. bit ago. When I was uh, in school, like middle school. There right? is a sex. When I was in middle school, right? I played saxophone in band. And you know, we were renting a sax. Because you thought it would get you laid. Yes. And then my parents got, well, sexes weren't apparently sexy back then. Who would have thought? No, they were, but it's just you had to not be in band. <laughs> <laughs> so... My parents got me. I mean, a, I was in the same boat, so I'm not like, you know. My parents yeah. bought me a used saxophone from, you know, the Penny Saver or something like that. And I got the sax case. And on the outside of the case, on the metal part, they used an engraver, you know, it was like, and it said, you know, Stacy Kirsch. And then, oh, that's what it said Stacy Kirsch, Ambridge, Pennsylvania, an engraver. But then on the front of the case where she had decorated it in whiteout, it was like, Sexy Sax Number Two. So I had sexy sax number two. Like I put like radio station stickers on it, you know, like so, cover that shit up. Sexy sax poop. <laughs> I, I put like <laughs> WDV and uh-huh. Rock ninety seven stickers on it and covered it up. It was funny thing was, you know, like years and years later, like probably like I don't know, six or seven years ago. I got a whim of like, like let's see if I can internet stalk Stacy Kirsch and see if I can find the the original owner of Sexy Sax Number Two. Mm-hmm. I found her on Facebook, so I sent her a message, and it took her like months and months before she saw it and got back to me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh my god, yeah." <laughs> well, that's awesome. What did, did like she was she like? Oh, you got number two? That was uh, my best one. <laughs> Well, there's probably a, a real horror, sexy sex number one, but <laughs> she's <laughs> no, I don't know. But uh, I shouldn't have said that. That's not very. That, that was that's not right. I got ahead of myself there. I apologize. <laughs> no, but I just you know like oh like you just you know it helps make this weird connection of you know I, my parents bought a saxophone off of your parents back in. You know, 1991. <laughs> Alright, there's a... There's a uh, an album called Sax Songs on, on Google Play. <laughs> radio station, Sax Songs Radio, Jazz Bells, and Saxophone Radio. Saxophone more, Radio. What? You want some more of this? Yes! <laughs> I figured you did, but... I don't want to, you know, pour it... In your glass, if you're like, you've got no, a don't give me any more of this amazing. So, I understand. No, I get it. Gotta, yes, I get it. Sometimes we're just like, I'm like, not sober. No, no, and I've uh, it was a long show. We didn't have a lot of this. We, I mean, this uh, this siren song we, we packed in half, so yeah. this is a long song, too. Jeez, this is a seven minute song. Did you have any idea that just the two of us was was seven minutes well, and twenty three seconds? To get a hand job. I mean, it well, it depends on how good she is at doing the hand job, or he, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I want to make it inclusive. They, they, yes, right and true, uh, or it. <laughs> I guess. So, uh, I am very accepting of transgenders. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, just what you say. I, I don't, but I, okay, but here, I don't understand, like, Z and Zir. I mean, I don't, I, I get it. I understand the idea, which is in, to introduce some separation between, right. you know. I, I mean, I guess they want an identity of, like, he, like, so the person I'm thinking of was born a so male. This is Jordan Peterson's big thing. He. Okay. He made this huge deal about how he would get fired from his position because there was a Canadian law that would force him to use Z and G, and he would not do it. The Canadian law didn't do anything to the thing, but he that made him famous because he was like, "I'm not going to do that." I mean, so I, the thing of, I want to sound. I don't want to sound insensitive because I, I like this person. 
I appreciate what they have done and the bravery that they have had. You know, he was born a male, or she was born a male. She's now female. She prefers the pronouns Z and Zier. And I, what I need to do is I need to have a conversation with this person about it, right? That, that's what yeah, you, yes. that's the way you understand it. Right. Is from their point of view, why is Z and Zier better than she? Right, and you also and introduce her. Why it's confusing for you, and why it's yeah. like. Oh, I ever had this problem. Yeah. I ran, I, so this person used to live in Pittsburgh, and she transitioned, and it was she she, she transitioned at forty. Mm-hmm. And well, that's typical because you sure. don't transition when you're twelve. You don't have the money. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she transitioned at forty, and also and her Twitter. I I, I, I want to make this point. I think it's you don't know yourself. Until later in life, I shouldn't right? say her. I should say Z. That's what she wants. Z wants, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, so I, I don't know. If, I don't know how far you have to go, right? I, I don't know how far you do. You have to. You can appreciate that she or Z in in this case wants that, but if that's just not something that rolls off the tongue. Yeah. It's not necessarily so, that you're, you're not so, being insulting. Yeah, I think. So here, by, here's by the not anecdote using. I wanted to tell real quick is, uh, she, I'm going to use she, the feminine pronoun here. I'm just going to use it because it's easier for me, and hopefully it's not offensive. Um, she transitioned. Her Twitter like went very dark, like dark, like not not dark as in like depressing, but dark as in not descriptive when she started her transition for like two years, right? You know, because it takes a while to figure out how to do that shit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we were acquaintances. Um, she was into the craft beer scene, is into the craft beer scene, and whatnot. So that's kind of where I knew her from. And, but she moved to Massachusetts because of being able to get better benefits for transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, sure. Things. Yes. I ran into her when I was doing those whole of your beer things in Austin. She was at Supercomputing. And so I walked, found, found her booth and, you know, talked to her. And the reason I'm trying to tell this story, and I'm telling it very poorly, was I was, you know, like I'm trying not to, like I don't have any weird thing. I just don't know how to handle it, right? You know, it's like it's a new situation. So I'm like... We had the sexy sax music yeah, playing in the, the background, really. <laughs> so the thing was, like, I'm like, you know, it said something like, when you started to do your thing, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she helped me by, like, transition. Transition's the one mm-hmm. I was transitioning. I'm, I'm like, you know, it was just like, so that's like a small little part of it. Like, she helped give me the vocabulary mm-hmm. I needed to. And and since you went along with it, it was appreciated, right? Yeah. You, 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 you explained. Well, she because you're, you're trying to identify, and she is just helping and you I, along and the I way, was, yeah, and that, that's and I'm like that, that's that's good because that means that you're communicating, yeah. and that means that you are uh, you, you're connecting, and yeah. that's the good thing. It, it doesn't matter that you got it wrong because she's correcting you, and you're and you're yeah. fixing it. So that's important. Yeah. So like that helped me realize transitioning is a process, mm-hmm. which to me sounds obvious right now, but. Well, everything's a process, really. I think... Uh, we'll go, okay, I'll, I'll go into this later. But then, it's, you know... At the moment, it was insightful. At the moment, it mm-hmm. was... Because, yeah, I was kind of... I was uncomfortably trying to... I can't remember exactly what the conversation... I can't remember exactly the context. But the the the, the stumper was, like I said, uh, since you, you started doing this. Right, like how do I pointed at her and swirled my finger, or said "do your thing," or you know, but I didn't know how to enunciate the transition part, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so like now I'm really curious. Maybe maybe I'll just send her a me- private message and say, you know, I need some help on this whole easier she thing. I, I'm sh- and, and uh, it would definitely as, be received well as long as she's not in a bad mood. I assume it'll be received well because it'll. It yeah. means you're interested no, in this. It so it would be received well. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you know, it's, sometimes but, you know, if you're in a terrible mood, you is, get this, something, you're like, oh, is, no. Oh. This is part of where the post shows therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just talking it out helps me figure out the right thing to do. Absolutely. Um, I think that a good example uh, to, to do something between us was the shit we did over Twitter where I, you know, made this insult to you, blah, blah, blah. It was much more helpful when we were in person to talk it out and then figure out, okay, how can how can this be solved as opposed to oh, let's just speak, be aggravating of, towards each other. Speaking of those new scripts, <laughs> so when I had my old computer, I had a script to help automate the upload part, but I did never automated the MP3 tagging part, the making the text file mm-hmm. part, and uh, I don't know, having all of that all wrapped up. Makes it easier. It's so nice. It is so, like, I don't know. It. it I would I say that I don't know how much time it saves, but it, it saves so much mental anguish and mental anguish is important. Take a look at it though, because I think it's applying a post-show image to the pre-show. Uh, so I don't know where those are coming from. <laughs> the the images. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe it was like iTunes being weird. It could be. But these are downloads. No, when I look at the script. It's just MP3s. When I look at what I'm doing, I'm actually not putting images. I'm not embedding cover art in the MP3s. So I don't know where that's coming from. I think it's coming from iTunes. But I didn't download it from iTunes. I downloaded it from the site. It's a mystery right now. Because like when the first couple, first time I did it, I'm like, "How did this cover art come along?" Well, it's not a huge important thing of importance, so it's not yeah. much to worry about. But yeah, because I'm the the way I'm tagging stuff can't easily do cover art, so I'm not doing cover art, mm-hmm. and I'm not like copying. Like one thing I used to do a lot was I in the in the GUI program to do tags. I would go to the last week's program and copy it and paste it into this week's program. That would pull along the cover art. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing that with mm. the script. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a mystery to me right now how the cover <laughs> art's coming along. Well, it's, as, as mysteries go, it's a relatively unimportant one. So part of, part of one of the things I wanted to say, since you mentioned it, is my philosophical idea of... of or conceptualization of the universe is always evolving because I'm always getting new information. I'm always changing my mind about things. I'm always looking at different things. Mm-hmm. I now think that it's better to describe the world as processes than as things. And I think that part of the issue in classical philosophy is that things, everything is described as various things. Whereas uh, things are parts of processes, but processes are what makes things different from one another. It's so hard to say this without using things and processes. But it seems like processes are the the distinction, not things themselves. There is uh, there is that's that that's you know maybe someone with like your your understanding. That makes sense, but to me it sounds opposite, right? It sounds like the things are the thing. The things are intrinsic, and the processes is stuff that things do. Well, uh, here's an example. What's the difference between a dead fly and a live and a fly that's alive? Okay, so it actually has cellular biology happening. Right? There's processes occurring. <laughs> processes. Maybe that, you know, that's an interesting way of looking at things like, you know, when you start trying to figure out time and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, but just real briefly, like, what is the time? Well, it's, it's the amount of change between two states or something like this that. That's right? awful. I would have been, sorry. That's like a cover of some it's song. When a man right? loves a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really bad. That's on Sexy Sax. Okay. It's probably better. Anyway. 
You were saying. I was talking about. I was. I was. I, th- I think I was. Poor, poorly trying to analogize this to how we could. One way we could define the passage of time. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, with the arrow, time is defined by entropy. Uh, by by the, the the way in which uh, states go from uh, um, uh, the, the macro state of possible states goes becomes smaller and smaller uh, as there are less possible states in which things could right. could be and it, it's it's complicated when you get to things like what entropy actually means which is a distribution of of macro states yeah. last weekend I was doing some yard work and thinking about time and good not, time to think about time yes not it was more of in the railroad time aspect of the whole thing okay where resolution of time mm-hmm. right like depending on what you do impacts how much you care about how finely you resolve time Yes. Right? So, like, you know, back in the early parts of this country, you know, 17, 1800s, you know, or maybe you have to go back even further, but you could imagine a point of human community where you need to talk about time, but you don't have the technology. So, like, really, you only have, like, a couple periods you can communicate to someone. I will meet you at sunrise, I will meet you at noon, I will meet you at sunset. Afternoon, morning, evening. I mean, that's, there's, right, that's but, where these terms came from, right? It's right, not but there, twilight. You might show up three hours early for afternoon. Well, I, I, I think that if you lived in that time, you'd have a better sense right. of what well, time. Of, but of what, that's, that's, that's after it's starting to become more and more resolved at a point, right? And then when you get to the North America, right before the railroads, where everyone has local noon, right? Um, well, noon is very easy to measure. It's well, when the sun is right, directly overhead. Right. That's why it's easy to measure. So if you want to meet at high noon, that's kind of a highs in the name, right? Mm-hmm. It implies it's an extra adjective to describe what noon is. But, you know, you can also... Meeting at noon, meeting at dawn, meeting at dusk, gives you a much finer period of uh, much finer window than meeting at half past noon Mm -hmm. and by half past noon i mean six o'clock right so you know so so here's the 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 question then it it seems interesting that these quest that these understandings of time only started to hit around the end of the 19th and 20th century but that's when time only started to really matter or at least being specific about time right, right? And so, in a sense... But as your technology increases, you have new applications that require more precise time. Right. So, w- w- yes. And and what's interesting is how that previously un... Uh, Quantified. Not... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's not necessarily unnoticed, but it's, it's, uh, it's unimportant. not important. Unimportant part of... of of your perception becomes a very important part of your perception where I, I'm just curious like in the 1400s when you want to meet with someone like what was the standard or maybe maybe the 1400s is too modern maybe in the well, 800s maybe not I mean it, it, it would be interesting but I bet there was language enough to know but maybe there wasn't. Maybe there was. Maybe it was like sending a letter, or you couldn't get information to someone right away. And, and, and like, maybe it was just expected, and so you didn't expect you to. Was... You didn't expect to have immediate contact with somebody at a certain time. You just expected to either wait at a particular place for a while, and that was just the way life was. So it never mm-hmm. occurred to you that yeah. it would be different. You could be more precise about it's, it. It's it's interesting because you know the assumption is that life 
that the perception of, of, of stuff was was the same and th- it's a reasonable perception Maybe, because yeah. we, because we were be, the same okay so wouldn't that okay so here okay I'm glad we talked this out because here's where it's getting interesting for me if you had to stand around and wait for an hour now and you had to stand around and wait for an hour in the 1400s is it longer now here's the weird thing it's less time now than it would have been seven or eight years ago because well, now I can pull out my phone okay. and start doing but stuff. But if you had to wait for someone with no phone... Like well, well, that, what I'm saying, like that's, that's an interesting thing, that, yeah. that suddenly we now have you can instant be distraction you can be, well, or, distraction just, or, or production, production that changes So you don't care if someone's 20 minutes late today. It's less important. And and you, going out with your parents, going out to do shit is less important because you're always connected to your friends. So it's not as big a deal. That's, that's that's not where I wanted to take the conversation, but it's a good it's a good it's a good direction to yeah. Think. Okay, so but I see what you're saying. But what I was saying was the point I wanted to make was if you had to wait for an hour now and be bored, versus wait for an hour eight hundred years ago and be bored. You know, the hour probably seemed shorter back then. Yeah, but you're more used to being bored. At the same time, think about how our and lives things move less quickly. Right? Think about how our lives are so regimented. You, you work for eight hours. Uh, you have a commute that you go on that you know takes whatever time. Uh, there, there's there's things about time that so, we're noticing. Right. So here's the graph I want to see: the amount of window someone has before the other person gets upset that they're late right and then put that over time over time yes. right because you could imagine before we had devices in the 80s 90s mm-hmm. whatever that window was really small now the window's opening up but i would expect further back you like in the 14 13 1200s you know, if someone was 45 minutes late, it might be no big deal. Well, I can think that there's... Yeah, I think that there, there, there's ways to quantify that based on things today. Like, if you send somebody a text message and they don't send respond to you in 10 minutes, then you're like, well, what the heck's going on? Whereas before that, you maybe would leave a message in the answering machine. You, you might not even expect a reply until the next day or even two days. Who knows? Yeah. And even before that... It's like, well, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't call them. I couldn't I, leave a message. I, would, so. I wouldn't want to tie in messaging. No, I want to but tie I'm just in saying, face-to-face well, meetings. Well, the thing is that I'm thinking of... I'm, I'm just trying to account for... No, I understand For the saying. changes in social interaction and the fact Ten that... Ten minutes is a ridiculous expectation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just, let's just say that well, right Well, I don't know. If, if, if you just start a relationship with someone, you're in high school, it's your girlfriend... Or it's your boyfriend. You send a message. You expect them to send it right, send something right back, right? I mean, it depends. It, it's it's fluid. I, I will admit. And then, yeah, ten minutes is for you and your wife or something. That'd be ridiculous. But someone who you're like, you know, you're in a, you just got it. You know. You're courting someone. Yes. Yeah, ten minutes is good. Yeah. But there's a as the communication becomes more immediate, the expectation becomes more immediate so how do you what do you think about the benefits of being bored i don't think there are many benefits to being bored so there's arguments out there i think it gets i think it makes i think that boredom makes people angry it makes people uh frustrated what about it it turns into negativity part of it where when you're sitting in a waiting room without your phone you can maybe think creatively about coming up with something where if you can just play my you know minecraft on your phone you might not well I, I think that there's a difference between between so that's interesting because i think that there's a difference between somebody seeing time as bored as i'm resigned to wait and there's a, a yeah. boredom and so i have time that i can dedicate to something and therefore this, i can be creative i, I think that the things I've heard about boredom is talking about the the free thought and one like when you have nothing to do, right? You have two options today. You either sit in your boredom and wonder, or you pull out your phone and be entertained. I mean, 
And, and it, 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 the, it, the it argument, was, people that are making the boredom argument are saying that, you know, when you're pulling out your phone and being entertained, you're not bored, you're not coming up with those... I don't know. I don't know if coming up with creative things is how they would argue it, right? They're arguing it in some way, but it has to do with creativity. When you're sitting there and you have nothing to do, your brain's going to run wild. You're going to find something interesting to hook onto, and it. I complained Wednesday night to I think both Nick and Damien that I was bored as hell. There were a hundred things I could do. Games I could play, things yeah, I, I could do, it's... things I could work on, stuff I could do around the, the, the apartment, stuff I could do around the house, stuff I could do to my, you know, I could have done a million things. And I resigned myself to being bored. It wasn't a lack of options. It was, I was bored, and I was, I don't know the best way to put it, but I was, I was lying in that boredom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how and it wasn't the lack of possible options there were a million options right I th- maybe I th- it was the confrontation with a million options and being like i don't know if any of these are entertaining i think people that argue about having boredom as good is maybe the quantity of boredom right you were bored once think how many times you would have bored it, been bored in the 80s right i i don't know has has boredom increased? No, I think boredom has decreased. I think because people can pull out their phone and be entertained. Be occupied. If not entertained, be occupied. Where the argument for people talking about boredom is that when you were like sitting in the waiting room for your dentist and there's like nothing to do. I, I don't know. I disagree because I think that there, we wouldn't have lots of drug problems and opiate issues if if boredom wasn't a problem. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of. I'm not saying this right or wrong answer. I'm trying. One to thing I can tell you from from you know being on opiates is, is <laughs> you're fine with being bored. <laughs> it's a okay. Uh, I just you know like the argument is like creativity. You, like you, uh, yeah, I get. Oh, I get. Totally get, get the get argument. It, right. Yeah. When you're sitting there, like you, it's not going to be a very high hit rate. It's going to be a very low hit rate. Where you're going to change the world with your creative thoughts when you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs because you have nothing else to do and the argument is that when you can pull out your phone and be occupied you're not going to have the creative thought I, I think that it, it's I, I would disagree with that argument because I think that either you're in the mind space to be creative or you're not and, and I will explain to you because I have something else I want to talk about where I have this creative idea that I thought about, which I could have thought about when I was bored, but I was more con- I was more concentrated on the fact that I was bored. This creative idea came the next day when I was I, I, I was probably doing something, and I think that my brain I was in the process of doing process something, and that creating. kept my brain going into doing something else. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's an inertia quality to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that would be my argument. Which is not necessarily right, but it's well, just... Well, it's, inter- it's, it's... The inertia part, I think, is something to to think about. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you, I think both are opportunities to be creative. Yeah. Right? And... Yeah, to pull, ones, your, to, to pull yourself the, out of the rut is hard. Uh, it takes effort. And sometimes you just don't want to put in the effort. Whereas if you're in an effort thing already, it's easy to keep the effort going in something else. Mm-hmm. Easier, right? I, you know, I think I, I keep. I feel like um, I feel like me continuing trying to talk about the boredom people's point of view is like that. I'm a proponent. I'm really not. Uh, there's no, there's no reason not to right. keep, you know, to to to, to keep pulling out their ideas because yeah. it's not like I'm right. Yeah, I think the other. It might be that I'm right. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's that's why I brought it up, right? And I feel like the conversation hasn't hasn't, okay. hasn't been all that interesting. So let's move on. So here's what I was, I'm. I'm 
I, I, I'm trying to formulate this in my head, and it feels like there's something good here. I don't know how how complete it is. I don't. It's not complete, but it is something that I think has some merit, and that is trying to describe uh, the nature of not necessarily quantum mechanics, but quantum itself. Why? I guess it does come back to quantum mechanics, but it is about why things behave in a quantum way and what that means. Okay. Using an analogy of money. In particular, the way that American money with coins and dollars. Okay. So, if I present to you a couple rules... One rule is that you don't want to hear this. No, no, I'm fine. One rule is that no matter what, so I go, I can go to a bank and I give some quantity of money. The bank is going to give me, or I, I, I ask for some quantity of money. The bank is going to give it to me in some form. As long as you're, as long as your account can cover it. Let's just let's just say my account can't. Let's just say I, I, I'm, I'm the government. <laughs> let's ignore that aspect of it. The point is, how is the bank going to give me whatever quantity of money that I'm, that I'm giving? Okay. And I apply some rules to it. One is that they will give me the least amount of physical things that they can. Okay? Mm-hmm. But the other... But there's another rule that... Certain things can only go with other certain things. So if you have a $20 bill, for example, it has to be accompanied by a quarter. I'm just I'm applying the, 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 these strange rules that don't make much sense. All right. But I'm saying that there, there may be some other rules involved. Or, or a $20 bill has to be accompanied by a $50 bill. So... A bank can give you the least amount of money, but only if the twenty and the fifty are go go together can it give you a twenty. Okay. So the idea is all right. So what if I ask for? I think this is. So, okay. Pause. Yes. I think you're mentioning this because like there's paired particles or something like that, right? And you just hear me out, right? Yeah. So I think your analogy is you in, introduce this rule of 20s have to go with the quarter because there's up and down quarks or something like that, right? And they have to go together. Not accurate. Just yeah. mm-hmm. use yes. amazing yes. placeholders, yes. right? But then in money, that is a super artificial rule that doesn't make any sense in how the using money as an analogy works. Mm-hmm. Where if you said, well... If, if you could make the analogy form a little bit closer to 520s make 100, you know, and we love we love even numbers, hundreds or something like that. But then you got five particles, that, you know. So that that's the two little parts that I heard that kind of yeah. didn't jive with me. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Uh, the, the, re- the reason is, is well, to, to your first point, it's super artificial because the standard model is super artificial. So it's going to be super artificial. But, but money's not that way, right? There's nothing inherent yeah, in money. Right, right. The, the, so if your analogy to be perfect, there would be this trait of money yes, that people it already ain't, know. It, it ain't a perfect analogy. The reason why... Well, actually, you know what? Let's get rid of that rule. Let's just use the rule. It'll come clear later if this gets long enough okay. why I made that rule but let's just use the rule they have to give you it in in the in the um, least amount of paper least least amount of whatever it is like if, if it's if it's five dollars and 27 cents and they can't do it just in paper right right all right but so I thought you were going there right the the least amount of material right but <laughs> yes so yes so let me pause one more time. Mm-hmm. While you were saying that, where I was thinking, of course, I was off in this rattle, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, but $20 bills are probably cheaper to produce than $100 bills. So it might not cost more for, you know, 20s, 520s. And Again, the, the, the quantum mechanics is very arbitrary rules. Right. Uh, I think you'll see why I wanted to bring this up. But let's let's say that the first rule is not su- is a little flexible, right? They will... 
try to give you in the least amount. But occasionally they won't. Mm-hmm. So when you ask for $4.27, or actually let's say $5.27, let's make it a nice number, they will try to give you a five, a quarter, and two pennies. Right. Well, this is an economic problem. Like, like uh, not, not economics in monetary fund, uh, policy, but in work, right? Because it's the least amount of work to give mm-hmm. you a $5, a quarter, and two pennies. Mm-hmm. But they could give you five dollars, five nickels, and two pennies. Right. They and could give you five dollars so, and twenty-seven pennies. Right. They could give you five hundred and twenty-seven pennies. At a certain point, the amount of work to give you five hundred twenty-seven pennies would. So this is an interesting. This is not where you're going, but just in like banking, mm-hmm. like economy and banking. Um, Efficiency. This is an interesting thing. Like, like, does it cost the bank more to give you a bunch of rolls of pennies quickly <laughs> versus tendering a bunch of cash? It might be more. It might be more applicable than you think. Okay. It, it, in the sense that the the five twenty seven. I'm I'm thinking about dumping a certain amount of energy into the background. There's a probability. The great probability is that it will be these certain particles that match these uh, match these energies, right. and the, the, the and whatever change, residual and that's, and that's the change you would expect to be given, and whatever residual goes in in pennies or in this case photons. But that might not necessarily be the way it works. It it, it may because of whatever situation, or simply just because the probabilities are that way. There's a two percent probability of it going into these particles and some of these particles in order for them to appear they have to be paired with other ones so those have to go out that there's a specific amount of energy that goes with those so that's where i was trying to this is why i'm thinking about it but it's i'm not that's that's conservation of particles versus balancing your ledger right Right. the The idea is, like I said, I'm, I'm thinking about this and trying to figure out how good analogy. I think it's it's a pretty good analogy. I still it needs work, especially yeah, I mean, to describe you know, it. Balancing your lead. I mean, I'm not sure how many people need an analogy for conservation of energy, conservation of. Well, the, 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 I mean, the idea of conservation of energy is balancing momentum. But the i but the the principle I wanted to get across mostly is that there are some places. When you have $5.27, you can't make that out of nickels. You have to have some pennies involved. Yeah. Um, there's... No. The, Maybe in a certain world you could cut a nickel in bits. <laughs> I mean, somebody's not going to accept a half a nickel as, as two and a half cents. You could cut all your dollars into three-fifths and get them cashed. You only need three fifths of a dollar bill. To yes, but you can't cut a. You can't take your dollar and and, and pick the two fifths and cash No, the two fifths will always be useless. Yes. yes, yes. So it will still be accepted as a quantum, as as one. Yeah, even though it's only three fifths. Even though it's only three fifths, so it's not a perfect analogy. But the idea being that energy will fit into these I, I in, into these the, these holes, mm-hmm. but there are some holes that. It may that that only can fall into certain types of 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 ways of, of being partitioned, and some that can be pushed into others, but won't necessarily be pushed into others. It's a hard concept to get across, which is why I'm trying to find some sort of way to to analogize it. Okay. I think it's a start. I think there's obviously some shortcomings. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out, like... <laughs> I mean, people have tried for years. People have tried for for, for 50 years to figure out good ways to, yeah. to, to analogize this stuff. I'm not necessarily go- I, going to do it. I'm just... But it never hurts to try. It never hurts to think about these things and see what you can come up with. Do I expect to be the next great teacher? <laughs> no. 
So, Does it help? So you gave me two really things I'd like to segue off of. Uh, first of, off is, is the whole banker. I don't know if dilemma is the right word. I'm going to make this up. Okay. If, I, if I call it the banker's dilemma, it's going to sound like it's like an actual like math postulate or something. But it's... Um, but like, okay, so I need to make change. What is least costly? Right? Like... So there's the cost of getting... It's sort of a traveling salesman problem the, in some sense, well, isn't it? But there's the, there's the cost of getting the notes and the coins into the drawer. Mm-hmm. There's the cost of time to make the transaction. There's the cost of effort in terms of energy and what you expend to pull out heavier things versus yeah, lighter yeah. things. Uh, to sort, to count in yeah, terms of yeah, your brain. Yeah. yeah, there's all these costs associated with it. So like, How do you quantify all that? I don't know. Right, but yeah. you know, it's, it's an interesting question. Like, like, what is the most efficient way to give me $5.27? Well, you could do it like a Turing machine, where you have a, a specific algorithm you follow, and you can find the most efficient algorithm that a Turing machine follows. It reminds me, though, that does remind me of, of a quote I wanted to bring up, which was from the show Other Space. Uh, it won't... It, it, it won't... I don't know if you've generated a laugh, but in context, it was so funny when a guy was... This computer and, and this guy, this like logical kind of Vulcan guy, fell yeah. in love. What's that actor's name? I love that actor. I know, but but he she he was saying that our our love is based on context, and you know our love was was forged in in, in logic. How can you do this? And she, and she said, "There's nothing, there's nothing logical about love." And he said, "I can't believe I'm defending logic to a Turing machine." <laughs> oh, Which so I'm just... all caught up on the uh, good place. Oh, really? Yes. Isn't it great? <laughs> oh, Janet, I love Janet. Janet is fantastic. The end of the first season oh, wasn't the end that like of the first season beautiful, <laughs> and then the the second episode of the second season Wait, where this is the second season? Okay, I'm not all caught up. Oh, okay. It's not on Netflix though. Uh, you can go. Do you have you have cable, right? You can go to Net- NBC and just watch it. Okay. I didn't know there was a second season. There is a second season. Because I watched the first season. You uploaded a bunch to me. Yes. Uh, but it was on Netflix, so it was easier to watch the first season. Mm-hmm. But I haven't watched the second season. Yeah, I watched the second season. Uh, so the, the Good first... Place. Oh, let's just talk about The Good Place. I just want to talk about that. But let's, let's, let's do your stuff. Yeah, let's finish my stuff. I got a couple real quick ones. I was going to write that Good Place. All right, so we talked about the economy of making change. Yes. Um, talked about the three-fifths of a dollar. Uh-huh. I wonder, like, how many times in the country someone pulls out the official three-fifths measure and takes ripped currency and makes sure it's exactly <laughs> three-fifths of a dollar. Probably not that much, but probably if somebody... I, my bet is, like, somebody comes in with, like, one or two bucks... You know, you're fine. But if somebody comes in with, like, a whole bunch, you start being like... And, and to what precision is three-fifths measured? Like, to how many... Like, is it down to microns? Yeah, or? it's definitely down to microns. They, they use... They use uh, every bank has an electron uh, microscope in the back just to make sure. <laughs> now, I don't know. Probably... I mean, you know, there there's going to be... Or it, it depends on the mood of the teller, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the only other thing I have besides Good Place is uh, Max... You know, watching kids grow up, right? So, an observation you might have seen on Twitter last week was that, you know, Max can read everything around him now, right? So, like, he was looking at the beer fridge with all those stickers on it, and there's the one sticker for a friend of mine's beer app called Beer Goggles. He's like, Beer Goggles? What would you want beer goggles for? <laughs> and he's probably, like, imagining, like, swimming goggles right, and, yeah. or something. You know, it was hilarious. But another thing with, you know, seven-year-old development is he now has a favorite band. Oh, yeah? Imagine Dragons. Huh. Radioactive. Uh, Believers, his favorite song. But he's like, we were outside throwing the football around. He's like, can you put some... And, you know, he's reading. But he I read. gotta pee. But... So he thought it, he couldn't re- He missed some letters in Imagine. And he thought it was Image Dragons. Like, can you put some image dragons on? <laughs> so Greg is gone. So Max's favorite band is Image Dragons. 
And uh, so he likes a lot of those hits, right? You got, I don't even know them. There's Radioactive, there's a bunch on the new album. There's, uh, I kind of blew his mind that, you know, the Imagine Dragons has more than five songs. <laughs> that they, you know, they have four albums with like dozens of songs. Um, he hasn't listened enough to them to have any new favorites beyond the radio hits, but uh, it's it's just you know, playing, it's, it's interesting watching watching your son develop. Uh, I, Allison, I wouldn't say she has a favorite band. She has some songs she likes. She likes uh, Fire from Pink or Just Like Fire or whatever it's called that Pink song. Um, and she likes uh, fight song. I was talking about how Allie oh. Allie has songs she likes, but not really a favorite band. That's the way I was. You know, but it was interesting. You know, that it's, it's obvious Max has a favorite band, Image Dragons. Image Dragons. So the good place. Uh, I'm so happy you finally watched it because I've been talking about this show for like a year. Oh, it's really, it's really good. Uh, I will say um, the second season is just as good as the first. My favorite episode. Did they start over? Or I'm not going to say. Okay. My favorite episode of, of the series is the second episode. Is the second episode of the second season. So it won't take long for you to okay. get to it. Right. Uh, you'll understand why I think as soon as you're done. Or even as soon as you're, even while you're watching it, you'll understand why it's my favorite episode of the series. But what a great show! Oh my god, yeah. It's, did you see the Comic Con thing? The the Jan, there was a video of Janet at Comic Con. No, I don't think I've seen. Okay, talking about like you know, like talking about the internet's like an evil cesspool, and like it's like you know, tweet your good tweets, and you might get on the Good Place panel and stuff like that. But you know, it's it's the it's the typical naivety of Janet talking about awful things mm-hmm. you know about like how bad the internet is you know but her in her cheerful manner you know that kind of thing it was hilarious um, don't oh, mean to be God. insulting Wait. here just want to get across because it, it's because I'm a fucking stickler naivete is how it's pronounced oh. what did it say Na- naivety Na- I understand why you would say that and it makes sense because you're just spelling it out yeah. it's naivete is how it's typically okay. pronounced right. but naivety is fine I'm just pointing out that I didn't want to sound too stuck up like you <laughs> um, oh when Janet got rebooted that was the cactuses oh my god that cactus gag was so <laughs> funny there's one of the things is this is this is this her records? Yes, it's her records. You're not going to hear me another cactus, are you? No, no, I'm not going to hear another cactus. Here, cactus. <laughs> the writing on the show is so good. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I have not seen like big three broadcast network TV writing like that in like forever. It's sharp as hell. Uh, the acting is great. All the actors are great. You don't realize it at first how good all of these people are at playing their parts. But like, I was talking to Nick about it. Like at the end of of, of the season, you realize how awesome Chidi is. <laughs> how the, the thing that bugged me the most was in Chidi's flashbacks. He's talking in an American accent. Yes. Yeah. They, they should be. Speaking... They play with that a little bit too much, right? Yeah, because you should have a French. He should, he should be speaking French or right. have a French accent. You know, he should only sound American in the current... You know, so that's the thing that bugged me the most. <laughs> it's a... It, of the things that can bug you about a show... No, I get it. I get it. It's like, come on. You should... Yeah. Because when the show feels like this perfect, it's like, man, this little thing. Mm-hmm. This, this little thing. Oh, if they would have just done that. But I also understand why I did it. But still, oh, it's so good. Every... Everything about the show, all the performances, and then, yeah, the reveal was, like, you know, I was expecting a reveal of something, but I wasn't expecting oh, the that. reveal's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then um, yeah, don't don't listen anymore if you don't want to reveal. Yeah. This is this is the last thing yeah. in the post-show. No, it... We're going to spoil. So, everyone listening, you don't want to hear the rest of this. You want to watch The Good Place. Yeah. It is some of the... Best storytelling TV that we've talked about in years, mm-hmm. and the reveal that happens in like episode 
12. 12 or 13. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the one before the end of the last. Or what's the it's, last Yeah, this is the last episode. episode? Yeah. Is just like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's so good. And everything that builds up to it is so good. So if you want to have some joy in your life and you haven't seen a good place, you should stop listening th- right now. I think it'll be fine if you know, but uh, I also think if you're a guy who loves not being spoiled, let yourself be this because it's great. Just, what, just trust us and watch yeah. a good place. But So spoilers abound from here on in. Boom. Okay, so <laughs> we're not going to... What's they're the, not going to take us because we're in the bad place now. <laughs> what's the character's name? The the monk? The Well, John Yu slash Jason. Slash Jason. <laughs> when they did that whole throwback, like Jason thought he was on a prank show. Uh-huh. Like, there's stuff in the like in I I've been rewatching it because Nick was watching it. There's stuff in the first episode that points to this. Okay. There's uh, I forget what it was, but I, but I noticed something in the first episode that was a line that was like just stating the premise outright, and <laughs> it's great. It was so hidden, and it all works because yeah, the, these people are put together to torture each other. <laughs> And it's and they are torturing. It was, I think it was it was Eleanor talking about how yes, that's just what it was. Eleanor saying that her parents were uh, like her parents together would be them together in the afterlife would would be torture. It was was the was the line I think in the first episode. It was like that's exactly the premise of the show, which is to put these people together in the afterlife okay. and it's torture. Uh, there's some little like when when good Eleanor like had her or her um, role Vicky. blown when she had her role blown oh my god <laughs> like they know like yeah. fuck I've been practicing that oh I love when when uh, right after the reveal Michael sits down and just pushes the plant off and just, Uh, rebooted Janet was my favorite, though. There's so many good things in the show. Uh, I mean, every episode is something. One one of the things I was uh, I love about it is that it never, like I said before, it never stops to be. All right, these are just the people, and this is the show, and it's you know, more hijinks on the same premise, yeah. right? It always keeps elevating and keeps advancing the premise. Uh, that doesn't stop. Uh, it, there's. You should have been more forceful with my, your request. I'm not. I'm not gonna, you know, push you in. No, you should have. You should have. You should have said. I mean, I've seen it. We're good, but you should have been like, no, seriously, Jeff. This is one you have to watch. <laughs> you never know. You never know. It could. Be- yeah, I mean, because like, what was that other? Um, the mental. Uh, the mentalist. The yeah, mental. You, you yeah. love the mentalist. I didn't the, love it. I just oh, thought it was okay. fun for a while. And. Wasn't there another one? There was an. Was there another show, or was it was it, was it the Mentalist? I I was having fun was watching the show... Mentalist. It stopped. I mean, it didn't, the, I didn't watch did, more the Mentalist it have. I don't know the actress's name. Asian actress. Um, there was a show you really liked with like an Asian actress lead, right? It was. Battlestar Galactica. No, 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 no. I forget her name. Maybe, maybe I'm forgetting. I thought there was another Sherry telling me to watch. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't recommend the Mentalist to you. I just oh, said I was enjoying. Okay. It. I. I, I yeah, recommended the, the yeah, good, place. good place. You actually uploaded to me. <laughs> yes. I didn't do that with the Mentalist. I didn't like. Say you gotta watch the mental oh, yeah. Sherlock, Sherlock, and Elementary, oh, the Elementary, new sh- Elementary. That's yeah, it. yeah, which I enjoyed and I thought it was fun. But um, and I've seen, I've stopped watching it. But I thought, that especially that the early seasons were there was some good stuff in there, but entirely inessential. Mm-hmm. Nothing you don't you don't have to watch it by any means, and, and I don't think you're missing anything by not watching it. The Good Place, I pushed on. I was that's, trying to get you to watch. It's crazy good. I would not expect... Like, part of me was I had a network TV stigma. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was the last time a show that good was on network TV? Kimmy Schmidt was almost on network TV. The Office, probably. Community? Community, yeah, Community. Um, 
Parks and Rec. Yeah. Community was after that, though, right? No, Community was actually before Parks and Rec. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, you can still have gems on network TV. It's just like it's... Well, I think that... The nice... I think that it's good to see TV adopting the, the more... It was at one point, like... It's a British model where they only do, you know, 13 shows. But now I think it's it's really important that shows do that. Because when they stretch it, it just becomes... Oh, man, yeah. Can you imagine watching, like, 30 episodes in a season? Yeah. Um, ugh. Star Trek used to do that, right? I mean, they used to do 26 episodes a season. Man. Half the, half the year. Um, but, yeah, so... Anyway, The Good Place. Just... Everyone's great in it. The writing is fantastic. Uh, it, it's uh, it's fast. I mean, it, it's fast-paced. You're not going to get bored by this show. It never sticks around on the same premise for too long. There's a yeah, bunch the main, of sight all gags. There's a bell. Ted Danson are hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't know Chidi's actor's name, but he's he's really he's just such a he's in such a pinch that he's always. Yeah. Well, the the end of the episode where Jason and Janet get married, and he's like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> I remember watching that like ten times in a row. Just his performance there it was so funny. It does not confuse. <laughs> Which like, is something, yeah, Jan- yeah, something Janet yeah. said earlier what? in the season. Right? Yeah, she's the does not compute. Jim. Yeah. I just like that's great you have this you have this AI this um it's almost like a um Alexa. hologram it's almost like a hologram but physical <laughs> right AI and she's making jokes about like not a robot does not compute. not a girl <laughs> it does not compute no I'm serious it doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna blow up or anything <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then she she gets rebooted, and she has to learn everything new again. And she goes through it. It's oh, the cactus scene—that was so funny because they just, the way they played it out. Like, it's it's it the went to absurdity and came back. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's the joke of of oh, it it gets bored, it gets bad, but then it comes back again. It's it's that joke, but it's played perfectly. Uh, another another way, you know, it's, it's a rake joke. It's, it's Simpsons rake joke. Is 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 the joke style? It's it's just. It keeps going to the point where it comes back around and comes funny again. Uh, they don't do that. I mean, that's not the style of jokes in the show often, but no. the, the, there's so many little psych acts in, in the background. There's so many little dumb word plays with the, the names of things, the names of the yogurt shops or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's such a good show. Uh you, you, when they reveal that, when they revealed the good Eleanor was an actor, that was amazing. <laughs> because like I was so tied up in the what's the fate of the two Eleanors? Uh-huh. There's only room for one Eleanor. <laughs> it's so good because <laughs> that got me so bad. Like, oh, there's two Eleanors, and well, yeah, because could you get you get caught up in. Because you know it, it try it introduces philosophical concepts and then it gets you caught up in them and then it undercuts them in the best way by being like, well, none of that actually matters because this is all just there to torture you, and it's this brilliant like the veil is lifted moment and just like the, 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 and everything makes sense the the reveal totally makes sense the character who is in the middle place she was. An awful human being uh-huh. who had an idea, and she died before it came to fruition. But right. it came to fruition. Yes. They put her in the middle place. <laughs> uh, Nick asked me whether the middle place was fake or not, and I said, "I think I can reveal this, and I think it's okay for me to reveal this because this was something that the they that the producers talked about in between the seasons. Okay, and they talked about it. So, in their mind, the middle place is real." Okay. That is legit. There is a middle place and Minnie Sinclair is there. That's legit part of, of the world. Okay. In their minds also, Doug Forsett is real. 
the the in very the first episode he's on the, he's on the wall. Oh, the guy who oh, the got, got stoned and <laughs> and imagine ninety four percent of you know came up with ninety four percent of it. In in their mind, he's that's real too. <laughs> that was a great line. That's kind of what hooked me into like like oh okay <laughs> yeah some stoner in Boulder figured this out. Right. <laughs> At least ninety to 94%. 94% of, it. of it. everyone. You know, the religion's got like 5% of it right. But this guy got high on mushrooms and just belted it out. We were amazed. <laughs> and he was so proud of the portrait. Like, they're very rare. Oh, fuck. Good show. Oh, that, yeah. I apologize for taking so long to watch it. I, as I'm just happy you got to it. Uh, so yeah, go to NBC.com and watch season two as long as you have you have a cable subscription, right? So you, yeah, you can yeah. log in and watch. Go and watch them, man. They're great. They've, they're even extended. They're extended episodes in the second season, so they even okay. a little longer. It just means more jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, they don't suffer from being, from being long. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, I really want to hear what you think about the second episode of the second season. One it's called last, Dance Dance Resolution. One last thing to talk about, and it's not as good as a good place. <laughs> you know, the other night, I was doing some shit, and kind of caught up on all the good stuff on Netflix. So I put on one of these Netflix movies, it's like, this is how it ends. It's this end of the world type thing with Forrest Whitaker in it. Is it called This Is... No. How It Ends. This Is How It Ends. Okay. Something like that. It is the most... The singular unsatisfying movie I've ever seen. There's like a Chekhov's gun in there which they don't use. Uh-huh. There at the beginning the the dialogue is so awful. The dialogue actually gets better. Like the first two scenes I was like the worst dialogue. And then it gets better. And then at the end it's just completely unsatisfying it doesn't like the world is still ending and they the guy got the girl and disaster is on their bumper as they drive off into the sunset and they get to fuck a little bit more before the world ends I guess there's this but in part of it you know Forrest Whitaker and her his the guy that's dating his daughter that he hates but you know this whole thing worked out but they're driving off into the west into past the police barricades and they stop at this place with a bunch of uh, like an Indian reservation because the car is busted up and they need so the mechanic is this girl the girl wants to go out west with no real motivation she opts to go with them to be there on the road mechanic. already bored <laughs> but no she like like part of the way through she decides like fuck this shit I'm going back home Okay, but there was like no arc, like like there was no like thing. That, like, why even bring her? <laughs> like this whole fuck this shit. I'm going home was so inconsequential because there's no reason for her to come in the first place. Yeah, it just was like. <laughs> so she came. Like there was a struggle to get her to come. Like a little one, right? Like had that hundred thousand dollar and she just left, and it was and not, then she just left. I didn't have any impact in the story. Yeah. Yeah, sounds dumb. <laughs> it was it was probably better than Rogue Forrest Whitaker's uh, Rogue One performance. Rogue One performance. Yeah, <laughs> save the Republic, save the dream. You guys just walk to the. I'll just stay here. You guys can just walk through the, the ship. I'm just gonna die here. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of a hate watch, Mystery Science Theater three thousand kind of watch, but you got to watch that with friends, then, man. You can't just do it alone. Yeah, like I watched. Uh, I was busy. Like I watched oh, Suburban Sasquatch with Damien. That was fucking hilarious. Okay, we're, we're I, we have like bins full of like old junk mail that we got to get shredded. So like I was like ripping open envelopes and pulling out the shit. Mm-hmm. And just, like the bin. There's there's a place up here that'll do like free shredding like twice a month. So I was like processing all this old ass junk mail and watching this shitty movie and 
So it was about the right amount of focus that could Yeah, go on YouTube and look up Suburban Sasquatch. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll say this much about it. Uh, unlike, say, The Room, it was it was as bad as something like The Room or Birdemic, but I was entertained. Both, both Damien and I were entertained the whole way. Okay. So it, we were... It, there was, like... I, I was never bored. It was really bad and stupid and dumb, but I was entertained the okay. whole way through. Well, that's better than the one I watched. If you, you know, it'd be fun to hate watch with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally buy that. Alright, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks. We'll talk to you in two weeks, roughly. Probably. Thanks. See ya.